Alright, hey there guys, uh, so Stan here, this is uh, episode 1 of Origin Story and I'm here today with Phoenix Norman, uh, he's ki uh, kindly come onto the show to be the first guest so I'll let him quickly introduce himself. So, my name is Phoenix Normand and I run a company called Tribe and Tribe U. Uh, Tribe is um, sort of a, a group of executive assistants from around the world, usually at the top of their game, um, and it's a, just a community where we can get together and exchange ideas and, and really be among others just like us, uh, so to speak. Um, and uh, Tribe U is a traveling, what I call my traveling circus, which is um, sort of like, a, I call it a skills and mindset boot camp that allows uh, executive assistants, again, to sort of be in the room with other executive assistants at that level, uh, level up their experience, learn new tips and tricks, and then also um, continue that community uh, once they leave. Once they leave the uh, once they leave the class. So, so far so good. It's been three years now, and uh, I've I've kind of grown in size and <laughs> and apparently uh, popularity, which has yeah. just been nice. So Absolutely, it's been good. Yeah, perfect, great. So, um, well, let's start off with where you were prior to all of this, and what what was life like then. So I've been an executive assistant for 27 years to sort of top CEOs. Um, anyone from, for instance, the president of Levi Strauss okay. to Jack Dorsey at yeah. Square to um, my last gig before I decided to go into business for myself was working for the CEO of a company called Boom Supersonic. And okay. they are kind of tasked with uh, creating the next supersonic airliner. Uh, so the wow. old Concorde yeah. yep. sort of remixed and, and created in a much more elegant, much more uh, fuel efficient manner. Yeah. So okay. yeah, big stuff. And so what was that uh, inciting incident, I guess, that um, made you change your game and get into this? I think for me, it's I, I really got sick of answering to someone else. Mm. <laughs> and I know that might sound <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. but you know, I, I, I think I've had to take orders for you know, essentially 27 years. I've had yeah. to bite my tongue for about 27 years. And yeah. I got to a point where I thought, hmm, I've maxed out on both my learning, yeah. um, I've maxed out on really the desire to do this job, mm -hmm. and I know for a fact that I can do what I do well, but sort of mix that in such a way where it allows it allows me to pay it forward. That was that was the number yeah. one thing I wanted to do was to be able to take all the knowledge and skills that I had and somehow pay that forward to either other executive assistants and oddly enough my coaching business has kind of exploded into other CEOs, yeah. young CEOs as well. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's been a smart move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so did you have any major fears when you first started? Money. Let's keep yeah. it real. Um, yeah. It's 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 a major fear, and yeah. you are literally handing over that nice cushy you know paycheck. Yeah. I've been in EA for twenty years or twenty seven years, and I got paid a lot of money yeah. to to basically you know be someone else's, uh, <laughs> and uh, and it, it was a cushy yeah. wonderful check. Yeah. Uh, and to go from that to zero, mm -hmm. or that to whatever you know you were able to sort of create on your own. Yeah. It's it's daunting, but yeah. at the same time, it's kind of exhilarating because it forces you into a new mode. It forces you into a higher gear, yeah. and it, it really makes you focus on 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 what you bring to the table. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't hide behind anyone. That's yeah. the way I look at it. You Absolutely. have to execute. Completely exposed. And it's, yeah. it it was the best the best thing for me. Yeah, so. perfect. And did you have any mentors along the way that helped with that first initial period? Um, more than anything, I just read a lot. Yeah. I read a lot yeah. and I lived on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I lived on best practices, yeah. uh, trying to, you know, watch other YouTubers, watch other business owners, yeah. watch, you know, people that kind of dissect their struggles yeah. and, and try to find, you know, best uh, practices in order yeah. to follow. And the funny thing is, it was all there. Yeah. You know, if, if you really just put the time in and, and, and focus on what it, really focus on the objective yeah. and work your way backward from there, you'd be shocked at, at how actually, I won't say easy, but non-difficult yeah. it is to, to create a viable business in a very short amount of time. But yeah. it does take, it takes a lot of faith in yourself and it does take yeah. all, all your time. Like, yeah. like, let's not delude ourselves there. So, no, exactly. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, I've noticed that myself when I've um, started my own businesses that everything's there online. Yeah. And I think one of the things I find difficult to teach others is how to apply that. Was there anything that you used to be able to apply the knowledge that you did? Was there anything special or any advice that you could give to someone else to be able to how to do that? I'd say more than anything, um, just try it. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of people have this, they get wrapped up in the fear yeah. of 
the execution. And my thing is this, bump your head. That's how you learn. That's okay. That's why I wear a hat, because I've got a lot of bumps on my head. <laughs> but um, you, you just have to kind of stick your neck out there and try things. Yeah. And not everything is going to be successful. Um, you can vet something to death and it'll completely bomb. Yeah. But until you know what it is that bombed and kind of how you could you know, augment it or twist it up mm. or, or just you know, rewrite it in, in, in a way that actually suits you and serves you, um, then you're kind of lost. It's, it's really important to, to have the opportunity or you know, really force yourself into the opportunity to, to yeah. fail. Yeah. Um, failure is not, uh, we, we look at failure as such a bad word. It's not a bad word. No. It's the best lesson for you yeah. is typically your failure yeah. and how you, you know, how you sort of recover from that. And uh, so I tell people my best advice is fail. Fail miserably, yep. you know, but get it out of your system early. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't yeah. do it more than twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if it's happened like twice, you may want to move on to a different, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a different, yeah. a different way of doing it. What were some of your biggest fails then? Oh, oh my your gosh. two guys. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think for me, probably, hmm, not really understanding budgeting the way that I should have. Okay. I mean, I think I was so hell-bent on getting up and running. Yeah. I bought all the tech. Yeah. And I bought all the, you know, all the this, all the all the all the cloud storage and all this. Next thing you know, I'm like, hmm, I don't really have a lot of ticket sales to be supporting all these purchases. You might want to calm down. Yeah. So I think that was probably one of my biggest things is, yeah. is when you start a business, you're bootstrapping it. Um, I didn't want any sort of outside help. That was that's just a, a personal thing for me, yeah. and I wanted to be able to bootstrap it in such a way where it was sustainable. Yeah. Meaning, if I did quote unquote fail and things just went mm. completely pear shaped, that it would be all on me and not me being beholden to anyone else. So, um, so I'd say that was the hardest thing was really learning business accounting and. and Oddly enough, I supported CEOs my entire life, so I understood the the, the larger concepts. Yeah. But you know, it's another thing when you mm. know, that money is coming out of your your checking account yeah, and absolutely. it's not going in as quickly as it's coming up. <laughs> so and you think you've got it all baked out on paper, yeah. but it doesn't quite add. You know, yeah. it doesn't quite figure that out. Travel. That was yeah, another thing too. Absolutely. Like travel expenses. You don't really realize how much money you spend just getting from point A to point Z. Yeah. Um, you know, there's obviously all these little charges that yeah. airlines love to charge you. There's, you know, every Uber ride that you could ever imagine plus three more. Yeah. Uh, all of that. I mean, that's that's yeah. eating at your bottom line. Yeah. So you have to take into account. You have to almost overcompensate for any any kind of travel you do. Yeah. And, and my class is predicated around travel, Absolutely. I travel 36 weeks a year. So yeah. I'm really, really conscious yeah. about you know what I do and how I, yeah. how I get from place to place. Yeah, and I guess that, that's an interesting uh, thing that I found too because expense claims were great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Fast, yeah. the best. And then, you know, <laughs> after week one, you're like, what? Whoa. There's no one I can give this to exactly. except for myself? Exactly. Yeah. Huge, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Um, on that, uh, while you're going through that initial journey, was there any, like thinking about the people that were in your life at the time, was there anyone um, that potentially held you back or was there anyone that maybe alternatively pulled you through yeah. in that moment? I, one of, another one of my um, sort of tenets, if you will, is to have a mentor. It's so important to have a mentor because that allows you that sort of, that, that person who is kind of in your ear and that and and can kind of help guide you through and pull you out of dark places yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I trust me there are many times where I'm like why am I doing this to myself <laughs> uh, and they sort of help you you know stay on track and stay yeah. on, on message and, yeah. on, and on plan so I'd say you know I have a mentor that I've had um, probably for about I think we're headed into like six or seven years, okay. yeah, and uh, he's a CEO. He lives in Hong Kong, of all things. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, I've never met him in life. I've never met him oh, in person. Wow. We've all only talked, and we keep missing each other yeah. in every city. But we have a plan to meet each other uh, at the end of the year this year, which I'm super excited about. Um, so and uh, he's been he's been so pivotal. He's in my book. In fact, yeah. I wrote a book recently, okay. and yep, uh, yep. he's uh, he's in my book as well. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, where was I up to? So during that. Um, this whole journey that you've been on, was there any major setbacks that you had along the way that, you know, that came about 
through you know whatever number of reasons maybe a fail failure that you had or someone or anything like that i think for me when i first started it was it was hard to really capture an audience okay. so um each trip i i sort of you know obviously um accounted for everything you know if i sell this many tickets uh, I, I still have to pay for the venue, mm -hmm. I still have to pay for the catering, I still have to pay for this, 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 and this. So I have to sell this many tickets. Yeah. And when I first started out, I, the audience just wasn't there. I thought it was, you know, people love to talk and, yeah. you know, talk about, oh yeah, I'll be there. And <laughs> then they just don't show up. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you're kind of left on the hook for those expenses. So um, I'd say that was sort of my biggest learning and yeah. not a failure necessarily, but it was one that, that made things really, really difficult. Yeah. Like I'd have, you know, one or two uh, cities that would completely sell out yeah. and then I'd have like one or two that would just bomb you know I remember I went to New York the first time expecting I'm like it's New York these are my people yeah. you know and um, and I had five people show up and uh, it's a quick story uh, yeah. five people showed up I ended up giving tickets away just because I'm like you know what this is one of those instances where it's like well the venue's already paid for yeah. uh, okay so I gave tickets away but as part of that um, I usually would take all of the executive assistants to lunch okay. away from the venue and we'd go to a restaurant or whatever else well here's the thing <laughs> when you offer something for free yeah. people want more free so I remember I took um, the entire group uh, and everyone that was free ordered an appetizer, lunch, <laughs> dessert to be wrapped up in a to-go container, and two drinks each. So, yeah, and I'm like, really? Really? Is this what we're doing? Okay, fine. <laughs> so, but again, that was one of those learnings. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. And, uh, and I still take everyone to lunch. It's one of those things. Yeah. But I'm also very conscious about uh, that bottom dollar, or bottom line, <laughs> yeah, exactly. making sure that, you know, the, the ticket sales... Um, um, actually support the event and I will cancel an event okay. without even thinking twice yeah. if, if it feels like it's going to go in the red or if it's sometimes I'll, I'll do the event if it's, it's, if it's a break even yeah. rarely okay. now it has to be profitable or it's just not worth my time yeah. because I could be funneling that energy and time into something else absolutely and that, I guess that was going to be my next question what, what did you do to overcome those setbacks in it so I guess that was one you pulled it but how, how did you get more people what was or when was the turning point, I suppose? Oddly enough, I think the turning point was, um, and <clears throat> it's one of the things that I write about in the book, is consistency of message. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when I first started, it was, the reason why I was popular was because I was a little edgy, and I, I kind of went toe-to-toe -to -toe against um, a lot of the um, executive uh, assistant advocates out in the wild. You know, yeah. I, I think I thought their message was a little dated. Um, there were some that had never even been EAs, and I, yeah. I had took issue with that, and I made that known. Yeah. Um, and I think it was... It, that's really what caught people's attention was I was sort of like the rogue, you know, the bad boy, if you yeah, will, yeah. Or EA advocacy. But my message was real. It mm. came from a real place. And, and I had sat in the seat for 27 years, so I, I know what I speak. So, and I think just continuing to kind of put that narrative out there yeah. and offer, um, you know, real value to people yeah. offer opinions that weren't necessarily part of the the norm yeah. uh, but were completely valid that's really where the turning point happened because people were like wow who are you, yeah. <laughs> you know? and then of course you know the, the advocates that were already out there are just like <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> yeah. so uh, it actually it worked out pretty well yeah I, it, it was very organic and I wanted it to be that way. I yeah. didn't want to force feed anyone anything they didn't want to hear. Yeah. Um, I just kept telling my truth. And yeah. uh, so it, it it's a little less uh, algorithmic or formulaic, if you yeah. will, yeah. because I think a lot of people tend to go that way. But yeah. what I've learned over you know my career has been organic lasts, yeah. meaning the people that come to you organically stay with you um, much, much longer than the people that you, that you sort of search for or, yeah. or that you plan for, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I've heard um, through Dal Amin and other people that one of your big things is that you know a few hundred people who are, who know your truth and believe in your truth are worth so much more than a hundred thousand people. By far, I don't. I don't like fake people. Yeah, you know? I don't give fake messaging, and I don't want a bunch of people hanging around me just because I'm the new thing. Yeah. Um, and there's been those instances as well, and I usually can peep them out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, again, authenticity is everything. Yeah. It's 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 out of vogue right now, yeah. but not for me. I no. mean, I grew up on a farm in Texas, for crying out loud, and we've had I've had to be authentic my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, and 
end, it's it's worked out just fine. Yeah, so. absolutely. And with some of those people you talk about, the other EA advocates, mm -hmm. you know, pointing fingers and things like that. <laughs> was there any instances there that um, maybe they went too far or anything like anything that maybe and made you think to yourself? Am I doing the right thing, or did they make you question anything? They, I don't know if it's, I mean, I, a lot of people didn't see it, but there was like a sort of a lot of low-key bullying yeah. behind the scenes, you wow. know, like DMs and, <laughs> and you know, um, you know, emails specifically to me to call me out on me calling them out, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. and, um, you know, you mess with my money and I'll mess with your life, and you know, it was, it was crazy stuff. And you know, of course, I kept that out of the public uh, yeah. domain. It's here now, though, honey. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's it was one of those things where it was bullying but yeah. the funny thing is I'm impervious to bullying I mean I uh, you can kind of surmise I've been bullied for you know a, not let's say a majority of my life but you know I learned a lot during those grade school yeah. years where it's like okay I know how to deal with you people yeah. <laughs> and I know that it has nothing to do with you it's all that so it's um it's I think it was one of those situations where it was um you just you just roll with it, you know? Yeah. I, obviously I was making them nervous and that means I was doing something right. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. So I'm like, now I'm gonna really turn up the heat on your yes. ass. So, yeah. and I did, and it's 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 worked out. Yeah. It's worked out. I, I think did. that's a really good measure, isn't it? Yeah. When people start criticizing what you did. Always things. leverage your haters. Yeah. Always yeah. leverage that crap as fuel for, yeah. for your jetpack, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. And so I guess um, now, since going through that whole journey, what are some of your biggest successes that you've had? For me, um, I'd say my biggest one right now is the release of my book. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, so everything is kind of a grand plan. Yeah. So I don't really do anything super like spontaneously. Yeah. It may seem that way on paper, but yeah. I have a grand plan. So the whole idea more than anything was I knew I was gonna write a book. Um, it's been in the works for probably feels like 10 years, but I really started in on it um, a couple years ago. Yeah. And I knew that I wanted to release one, but I'm like, there's no way you can release a book without an audience or it's just gonna fall flat. So I thought, okay, let me build the audience. Um, the classes were sort of like a, a sort of a way to, to flourish and, yeah. and really build an audience and build like this a voracious audience yeah. at that. Um, I wrote a lot on LinkedIn. Um, I pretty much wrote about four or five books on LinkedIn. If you really you know, <laughs> aggregate all the content that I've done, I think I'm up to, I'm just under a hundred articles. Yeah, well. Um, and every single time I, I always threw nuggets of wisdom in yeah. there or something that uh, people would take away. And um, by the time that I released the book, I knew that I had an audience. I knew that I you know, would probably sell a few copies. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, that's probably been my biggest win is, yeah. is now having CEOs reach out to me saying, wow, I didn't even realize I was complicit with my executive assistant's you know, oppression. Yeah. <laughs> and, or that I was doing this, or that my company was set up this way, or what you you're kind of blowing my mind here who are you you know that yeah. kind of thing um, that would probably be my biggest win but um, you know I think a couple of other ones I, I got invited to speak at Amazon HQ oh wow um, yeah. that was huge yeah. uh, and it was huge for one very particular reason when I was in investment banking um, I was uh, both sort of like a hybrid executive assistant and graphic designer okay. so I designed the the um, the pitch book for Amazon.com for the um, the uh, investment bank that I was working for. Yeah. We won the deal, and oddly enough, I was actually in contact with Jeff Bezos while when he had hair. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he basically he was great. I reached out to him randomly after we had won the deal. Yeah. And he said, "You're the one that did that pitch book, aren't you?" I'm like, "That would be me." Yeah. <laughs> and then I I invited him to lunch. Is that hilarious? Wow, yeah, um, yeah. And he's like, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> you live in Palo Alto, I live in Seattle. <laughs> so if you're ever in Seattle, I would love to take you to lunch, yeah. but it's probably not gonna happen anytime soon. However, feel free to reach out to me because I was like yeah. floating a business idea at the time when I buy him and he was just like, oh, that's brilliant. You know, yeah. so, but I'm like, who knew? Amazon bookstore mm. would be Amazon. The so, best. It's insane. And, and so did you have lunch? I did not have lunch, but I did get to see him when I went to uh, yeah. when I when I went to HQ. Yeah. And the funny thing is, it's it's just that whole yeah. weird full circle yeah. moment, you know. I yeah. walked on and was depressing, bursting into tears because I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, and I I told everyone uh, at the the thing, I'm like, you all owe me a debt of gratitude because without <laughs> me, you would not be here. Yeah. So uh, that yeah. was kind of uh, that was one of my little life uh, legacy moments, if you will. Yeah. Like, so. 
And you talked a little bit before about um, bullying and people yep. that, so for me, something that I've found that's been quite successful for me in my life mm -hmm. is, is that concept of resilience. Yeah. And is that something that, do you, do you put much stock into that? And, and what part of your life has really shaped that? Yeah. Resilience for me, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can be successful without being mm. resilient. I don't, I don't think you can be successful without being able to take the hits, you know, and, and deal with uh, those unexpected surprises and, and those failures. I think resilience is, is one of the superpowers that we all have, yeah. but maybe most of us haven't either nurtured it or had, you know, had to incite it in any which way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, resilience has, has made me me. Let's mm. be honest. Um, I've, you know, I, I had, I was just talking uh, to someone about this. When I was in investment banking, I ended up being admitted into the hospital twice with what were thought to be heart attacks, one at 27 and one in 31, mm -hmm. just because of all the stress of Dotcom yeah. 1.0 and trying to please my bosses and trying to get things done and in inhuman, like an inhuman amount of time. And what I found was, I, even with those hospitalizations, I still had to go back to work and figure out a way to, to make it work, if yeah. you will. Um, and then um, I ended up, the, the second uh, heart incident, if you will, I left the company, um, found another job, and if you read the book, it's, it went basically from the frying pan into the fire. Mm -hmm. Ended up with this horrible manager um, who literally like smacked me on the head one day and like, I'm surprised I'm still not in prison for like throwing him off the balcony, but yeah. um, you know, it was one of those things where I ended up having to leave the company um, at the worst market ever. There were no jobs. Um, I, I, got, I got denied for unemployment benefits. Like it was crazy. So um, that was probably my biggest resilience story is like, yeah. how do you survive that? Yeah. You know, you have no money coming in, you've got to figure it out and you still got to pay rent. Yeah. You know? And somehow I managed to do that. Yeah. And, uh, so again, resilience is, it's key um, yeah. because it teaches you lessons as well. So it, 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 it teaches you not to fall for the tricks and not to to give in to the negative because mm. you just don't have time you know if you want to be successful you can't dwell on the on the hard stuff you know yeah. you have to figure figure your uh, you know plan around it and, yeah. and make it happen yeah good yeah so. yeah, yeah. Um, so now that you've found some success and yeah. I guess you've been a little bit modest with your book because it's done quite <laughs> well um, so now that you've found some success mm -hmm. um, what are some of the new problems that have arisen from being successful? Um, <laughs> you're, it's so funny you're asking all these great questions uh, that I've literally talked about over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I've been uh, categorized by some stupid tests, um, these personality tests that I absolutely abhor. <laughs> but um, this one in particular was like super accurate and freaks me out because yeah. it literally read my life from cover to cover and I didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but it, it uh, labeled me um, an extroverted introvert and that's 100% true. I mean, I think um, I used to be a professional dancer and a professional singer, so I'm used to being on stage, but yeah. I always hated the sort of time before getting on stage. Yeah. Like once I'm on stage, it comes, you know, I'll let you have it, that kind of thing. But, yeah. um, but when I'm off, I, I like quiet time. I like, I like isolating. I like having you know control over my over my um, um, environment. Yeah. And one thing I'm learning with this book, uh, and also being you know yeah. kind of popular on LinkedIn, is I have to almost kind of carve out time for myself and yeah. and kind of say no to requests, which was hard for me because okay. when you're a new business owner, saying no to, yeah. to to stuff feels like you're leaving money on the table or you're leaving an opportunity on the table, but there's a, a, like a personal sustainability quotient that you also have to be aware of yeah. and you have to say no in order just to, to be okay and to be whole and to, to be able to be there for you know, the, the majority mm. of people. Um, yeah. But then and some people are just time, you know, time wasters and time sucks. Yeah. And it's, it's recognizing that and, and realizing that, again, you have to, you've got to set boundaries and yeah. if you don't. So that's been the hardest thing for me, I yeah. think, uh, with this newfound success, if you will. Um, I was kind of, I thought I was prepared for it, but you're never really prepared for it. It's like having a baby. Sometimes you go, oops, <laughs> are you ready? I guess, you yeah. know, and you make it work and that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, so. okay, great. And you talked a little bit there about, um, or, uh, about LinkedIn mm -hmm. and using that to oh. grow your audience and things. It's all I've, that's literally all I've used. Yep. Literally. 
And so what sort of, what has been some tips and uh, what some tips or a great advice that you've found has worked on that platform and why that platform maybe? So LinkedIn, um, when I joined, I, I was kind of aware of it, but I was like, hey, mm. uh, yet another you know professional business platform, whatever, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I was a Facebook kid, so yeah. everything, all things Facebook, and I, it, Instagram didn't even like come to me until way late in the game. Yeah. Um, but once I started sort of hanging out on uh, LinkedIn and writing articles and, and starting to see that, wow, people are actually, res it's resonating with people and they're they're commenting and they're, they're, they're brilliant comments and it made me want to write more and write more. And the next thing you know, I just, every single time I wrote, I would sort of watch my, my audience grow. Um, it, you know, I, 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 was, I remember way back when I got 50, you know, 50 likes and I'd be like, <laughs> Killing it, murdering the game right now, and uh, you know, and and you, it it was one of those things where you you sort of like those metrics and you yeah. and you keep an eye on it. Um, but I think LinkedIn, what I do love about it is there are passionate ones out there. Yeah. It's becoming a little Facebooky. I'll have to keep it real. Um, you know, when they change the the just the simple like button to like, you know, claps and emojis and crap, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, but they've got to change with the times as well, so yeah. I get it. But um, it's the Instagram crowd, I like to call it. So, um, but what I do love about it is it gives you the opportunity and it's an enormous opportunity because the audience that you have exposure to yeah. is vast. And if you can really just target your messaging accordingly, yeah. get those hashtags right, get, you yeah. know, as much as I say I love the organic route, you know, let's be honest, I, I know which hashtags to post. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it allows you to really, you know, grasp um, grab an audience that you normally would not be able to reach. I mean, Medium is great, and I write on Medium sometimes as well, but they're so vast that you, it's hard to really stand out. It's hard to sort of, you know, rise to the top of that. Whereas with LinkedIn, um, you know, my tribe is executive assistants, and now it's leading into, you know, new CEOs and yeah. and hopefully to a much larger audience, you know, in 2020 with the, um, some of the initiatives that I'm driving toward. Um, I, I know for a fact that if I just target my messaging and and you know get my get my hashtags right and 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 really pay attention, you know I, I have I know specific times when I need to post. It's stuff like that yeah. that you yeah. don't even realize until you do it enough <laughs> and you're like it becomes innate. Yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, that's how I've been successful on LinkedIn and, and and growing my audience. And again, I've kept it organic. I haven't gone too over the top with metrics and all that craziness just yeah. because I don't want to. I, I, I've I've tried to keep my growth where it was sustainable for me. Yeah. Um, and until I can hire a team, and it's uh, obviously it's becoming necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I've been making some <laughs> so mistakes lately. Yeah. Um, then you know once I'm able to do that, then I can really kind of focus on growth um, yeah. in, in a much more, um, a much more um, not even sustainable in a much more you know realistic yeah. way. But uh, right now it's growing at exactly the pace that I can that I can handle. Yeah. So. Perfect. And you talk about that growth. Is there one particular thing that you really wish you could do now, but you just need that team to get you yeah. there? Um, I want more people. Yeah. I want more. I want more exposure. Okay. Um, but I. But oddly enough, the timing is perfect because my message has changed. Yeah. Uh, where it was very EA specific before, now this is you know general public. Yeah. So now is the perfect time for me to not only expand, but even I'm actually looking at potentially um, uh, taking investment. Um, and and cr what I'm creating that I'm, is my big top secret thing, um, but what I'm creating is something that will have a much more global appeal, okay. and it'll appeal to everyone, and it's for everyone. It's not just for a specific group. And uh, I know for a fact I'm going to need help, and I'm definitely I'll probably need some investment um, just because I've got some pretty pretty grandiose plans. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's something that that's kind of been inside of me for a while. I just didn't I. I didn't quite know how to bring it to life, yeah. but I finally figured it out. Yeah, nice. So yeah, it'll be a different 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exciting. Than the rest of it, <laughs> than the, the moment here, but everything that I've done up to this point has, has led me here, and uh, it's been the best learning that, yeah. I, can, that I can imagine. So. And you speak about getting investment. Um, 
with with investors um, is there a special route you want to take with investors are you concerned about investors having some yeah. control of what your messaging is and where it goes um I, not yet I think um, you know this since I'm early rounds you know seed or yeah. a um, it's obviously seed for now um, my investors are you know uh, advisors, close personal friends, that sort of thing. So I can still control my messaging. Yes, I'll probably worry about it down the line um, once it's, it's you know, at that A round um, and a B round. Like I'm actually working with a company now that's um, seeking their A. Okay. And uh, luckily they've also bootstrapped up to this point so they're, they can actually still stay, you know, real owners in the company and, yeah. and majority owners in the company and, and continue their messaging even after their A round. And that's kind of what I want to do, at least to get through A and still be me, if you will, yeah. before it turns into something a little bit more corporate. Um, that's just inevitable. I mean, I've worked in investment banking and, and VC for all of these years, and, and you just know, you know, yeah. at some point, the specificity goes away, uh, and it becomes a much more targeted, broader message. Yeah. Although, obviously, you can sort of set um, the boundaries within which that works, but when you have other people's money and they need to get paid back 10x, yeah. guess what? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to tell you a few things as well, yeah. and you have to sort of bake that into your messaging in order to make it to make it work, okay. or at least to satisfy them. So yeah, it's it's inevitable. It's just the way it is. Yeah, for sure. And with that, on um, in terms of getting investment and going through those rounds, mm -hmm. for someone who has that idea and is looking to start out in that process, yeah. what what's some advice to to get that process started? To get it started, um, I I tend to be. I tend to be one of those people that's, you know, bootstrap it as long as you can. Yeah. Uh, just because, again, you want to remain in control. You want to, it's important to also, what uh, I call it the Oprah syndrome, sign every check. Yeah. You know, it's important to, to know exactly how to run your business in the most minute detail. Mm -hmm. And then you're ready to seek investment because you, you kind of understand what the expectations are. You understand the metrics that the investors are looking for. You speak their language, if yeah. you will. Um, you can't just go into an investor meeting blind. Um, it takes an immense amount of due diligence on your own part to make sure that the people that you're partnering with or that you're seeking investment from really sort of match with your ethos. Yeah. Um, I worked in VC for a while as well and I would see sort of young upstarts, you know, with their, their <laughs> it's hilarious, sometimes walk in the, in the building with, you know, their, their business plan scribbled out on a napkin and it's like... <laughs> You about to get to <laughs> to sit there, you know, making popcorn. This is going to be interesting, and uh, you know, I, again, I think if you really love your business and you yeah. really care about uh, not just the money, that's another thing too. You've got to be, be really realistic with your motivation. I mean, if you're in it for the money, okay, you know, um, then vet VCs for that. You know, like okay, I want to get in and get out. Yeah, I want to I just want to sell that's a different type of VC than one that you want, you know, A round, B round, C round from, yeah. and you want to continue to be a part of your company. And even after you sell, you want to be a part of your company. It's a different type of VC. Yes. So, um, and a different type of investment to seek. So I think back to your, your point, it's, it's important to really be clear on what, what your motivation is. Yeah. If it's to get in and get out, you know, with as much money as you can, so you can go on to your next idea, good for you. Mm -hmm. And you know, vet accordingly. Yeah. If it's if you want to sort of be in it to win it and, and be there for the long haul, um, then you have to be again really diligent in who you decide to partner with, yeah. and 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 make sure that again you have that you can maintain control for as long as you can before, unfortunately, you know, the more money that you take and the bigger your idea becomes and the bigger your team grows and all yeah. of that, that you you know you you unfortunately have to kind of share share the pie yeah. and share the ideas with everyone else and everyone else has a say in, in what you have to say about your own company yeah. um, and being ready for that because yeah. that's hard that's a hard pill to swim it's yeah. a hard pill to swallow yeah. you know someone else telling you mm, no i don't really like that idea you yeah know, or the investors don't think that's a good yeah. idea <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Right, and I, I, I was, I was like putting my fingers away. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's it's one of those things too. Where yeah. you, you, it's do your due diligence. Yeah, get on, get on YouTube. Yeah, you, there's every story you could ever imagine is right out there. Yeah. And so as you do grow and you know you take on you know new team members and investors and things like that, how that journey. Um, through giving up some of the control inside of this idea and mm -hmm. this business that you got, what are what are your thoughts around that? How do you think you'll handle that? Um, 
I'm a control freak. I've been that way my entire life, so I yeah. probably won't Comes handle it well. I'll cry place. a lot, and I've got a therapist on, on speed dial anyway, every yeah. Tuesday at night. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, he's the, I credit him in my book because he's literally kept me sane for like yeah. the last uh, the last nine, ten years. Um, I think I'll be ready because I think the message that I'm trying to put out is universal. Yeah. So no matter what investors do, say, etc., it'll still be the same um, sort of uh, core message. Mm -hmm. And that's you know, without sounding cheesy, you know, living your best life and, and you know, kind of retooling your life in order to actually live. Um, and what do I say? You know, working to live versus living to work. Yeah. Um, and that's really, the, that will always be the core tenet of, of what I'm trying to achieve and what I'm trying to help people yeah. achieve for themselves. So, you know, even if other voices get in the mix, I'm hoping that they, you know, using their expertise, both from a, a financial perspective, but also mainly from a human perspective, that they get on board with that messaging and, and always keep that as, you know, as in the fore, as as really the core tenet of, of what I'm trying to achieve and hopefully what they're investing in. So, yeah. and mostly, I mean, investors are investing in me. I mean, let's be honest, you know, okay? Um, <laughs> they're investing in, um, in, in, in the mouth, in, yeah. in the person who brought this, in the person that has the gregarious you know, character and that, that sort of makes this whole thing really work. So it would behoove them mm -hmm. to, to not really silence me because guess what, if, if you're paying you know, for my voice specifically, that I'm the last one you want to silence. So yeah, exactly. they get that, yeah. mostly, you know, yeah. but you know, I've heard horror stories as well. So yeah. it is what it is. And I just want to go back there because um, yeah. you touched on therapists and having that professional mm -hmm. help. God, and that's yes. something that I've always been a big believer in. Yeah. Um, how much weight do you put into that and how much have you used it successfully in your life? It's, it's the key to my success. Yeah. I won't even, I mean, being your own boss and all of the pressures that come with that, especially if you have team members and all of that, it's 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 lonely, mm. and I think a lot of people don't realize that they have this grandiose vision that oh CEOs run around in jets and you know Ferraris that are rented, <laughs> um, they're rented, yeah. um, and um, and and that things just magically happen for them. It's, nothing can be further from the truth, and we're seeing that in the ranks now. I mean, we're seeing CEOs who are jumping off of bridges and mm. you know over overdosing on drugs yeah. and. And, and you know their families are falling apart. I mean, I supported CEOs who yeah. could barely keep it together, and and whom I, in a lot of instances, found them professional help so yeah. that they could just be okay. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, especially when you come across a good idea, you probably have never been a manager before, but you come across a good idea, you seek investment, the investors love you, next thing you know, you're the CEO of a, a multi-billion dollar company or a multi-million dollar company. Yeah having not really either wanted to do that necessarily yep. or have any sort of skill in doing it yeah. and still trying to maintain the composure that you know what the hell you're doing you know that's yeah. a lot that's of a pressure lot. Yeah. every single day yeah and then when you start adding lives and livelihoods to mm -hmm. that mix it's it's that's it's a lot yeah. and i think we don't give ceos enough credit especially new ceos we yeah. don't give them enough credit because a lot of them do well a lot of them don't yeah and uh the ones that don't sadly you know aren't around anymore so um I 100% I believe in professional help. I mean, yeah. I think I mentioned, and sorry, I don't want to beat this up, but um, I grew up on a farm in Texas. So, yeah. you know, I, 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 uh, I, uh, I love to say I have a, um, a master's from Figure the F Out University. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it took me a while to, to trust that someone else wasn't just going to kind of run mind games on me and, you know, basically build me for money or something like yeah. that. And once I did, find just the right person. Um, he, he's like family. He's yeah. essential to my success and essential to my life. And I look forward to that, you know, 9 a.m. call every Tuesday morning, no matter where I am in the world. Um, and, you know, happy to give up that hundred bucks session, <laughs> you know, or whatever, yeah. I, just because it keeps me okay. And, it, and it's that one person that I trust. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but it's, yeah. besides my mother, it's yeah. the one person in my life that I trust completely. Yeah. because they know me yeah. better often than I know myself. I'd love to say that, but definitely better than everybody else because they hear all my deepest, darkest secrets and fears and uh, are able to sort of help me, you know, figure them out and, and not turn them into something they're not. That's yeah. the one thing. So I'm a huge advocate. You need a mentor and you definitely need a therapist. Yeah. Um, 
in therapy, it shouldn't be scary. No. I mean, not in these times. No. And uh, that's something else I've noticed as I've gone through my career and trying to, and as a leader, trying to teach younger people yep. to get a therapist or get help or get someone to talk to. Um, a lot of the time I find that they have a fear around getting someone they think that must mean they have a problem. Right. What, what do you say to people like that and how do you change their minds about it? I think for me, um, a lot of people don't like to appear vulnerable. And I get it. I mean, we're in the digital age. Everything is about social media and, yeah. you know, everything's great and all of that. And it's not, you know, the, those of us that are in the trenches know it's not. Yeah. Um, and I, I tend to be, I, I look at my life, especially now, um, I just recently turned 50, and I made it sort of like a, a, almost like a challenge that I want to be, um, almost like this this walking litmus test you know yeah. this sort of you know watch phoenix try this and if it works do it <laughs> if it doesn't run that kind of thing i i i feel like i'm i'm single you know i have no kids so i'm, I'm perfect for this you yeah. know i'm perfect to kind of be the the test dummy and uh and i enjoy that but i think you know it's it's important again to just let people know that that type of vulnerability mm -hmm. Oddly enough, it actually helps other people when you make that public. I know that may sound strange, and I know a lot of people are like, mm, I don't want to put all my business in the street. Well, guess what? I mean, you do that when you're on social every single day, you know? Yeah. And sometimes what we're putting out is not a true representation of who we are. Yeah. And then back to the authenticity thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of freeing, oddly enough. Uh, the more authentic I am and the more sort of uh, public I am with my struggles yeah. um, and and even my triumphs um, the more I feel whole and the more I know I resonate with people and I get those emails and those yeah. DMs and texts and saying you know I could never I could never you know thank you for saying what I could never ever say or thank you for you know putting this out there because I thought I was suffering in silence and it's good to know that someone like you and I'm like Come see my place. It's tiny. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know, um, you know, someone like you could could be going through the exact same thing that I'm going through. So, I'm I'm in the other camp. Like I I like being vulnerable. Yeah. And I like being physically physically and uh, um, sort of uh, personally vulnerable, so that people can see it's not that it's not that deep. You know, we're all human. We're all human, and we all make mistakes. We all have fears. We all have. Uh, you know those those weird moments where we have imposter syndrome or we have you know that that fear that things are just gonna suck and and we're not sure we can handle it mm -hmm. um, but I think if it's out there in a very conspicuous way then you know we all benefit from it yeah. and, and I think personally when people are a little bit more vulnerable yeah. again it actually helps them become more powerful and more personally powerful yeah. and uh, there you go. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I like that. That's something that, as I've gone through my own career, I've found has been so helpful when trying to help with younger people, um, or not just younger, but anyone in your team, Absolutely. Um, that tell them my story. And I guess this is why Origin Story was mm -hmm. such a good idea for a podcast for me, Absolutely. because um, you know, coming through my Origin Story, I thought, well, I found that it's worked really well telling other people that story, show them my vulnerability, right. and then that's helped build their courage just to tell me their story. Back. So, no, that's good. I'm good. Uh, it's good to hear that other people think similar things. And uh, you touched on your age, which we don't have yeah. to bring up again. But that's all right. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't. But um, tell me about that because it's something that I've been talking a lot about lately is is time. Yeah. And um, you know, at fifty. Yeah. Um, how what have you seen of time and i mean you're you're getting started at this you're at this yeah. next bit to blow up exactly i think for some 20 year olds they might think i need to do that too right what's your advice there i'd say you know a little another little story yeah. uh, my biggest inspiration um and your audience is probably a lot younger than me and probably will be like what the hell are you talking about um was uh was bonnie Raitt. She won her first Grammy at 41 years old. Mm -hmm. And I always said, because I, when I was a professional singer, I thought I wanted to be, I, I wanted that Grammy. I mean, that was my focus. I'm getting a Grammy before I die. Sadly, that didn't quite happen. Although, I was in a band that was nominated um, for, um, as Best New Artist um, for a Grammy, oddly enough. Um, and we, unfortunately, it was the year that Amy Winehouse was oh, nominated. Okay. We lost, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then she dies two months later. Yeah, I'm like, well, okay. damn it, you yeah. know? Because we were actually on a really good shot. The girl that I was singing with is fantastic. But what I took from that was, you know what? Age is just, 
dump it. It's a it's it's a dumb limiter. It, yeah. it, it it limits you here and here, and and that will take away all of your chutzpah. So I thought, you know, going forward, I will never ever fall victim to ageism, and I'll never fall victim to people telling me, oh, because you're this age or because you're this generation, you don't get it or you will never succeed. That kind of thing. So. 50 for me, I mean, I think I'm still 27 in my head, so, and as all my friends are just like, you really need to calm down. But, um, you know, I, for me, I don't, I don't look at things in terms of yeah. age. Um, I do know that I do have a limited time and, and that, let's be honest, there is bias out there and people will look at me as a 50 year old and be like, eh, you know, that, that, mm, that may or may not work or that's kind of old timey versus, you know, the way we do things now. Um, but the funny thing is, I'm such a huge fan of of um, of this generation. Yeah. Um, I I I think we dealt them a really poor hand. The millennials, yeah. we dealt them a bad hand. Yeah. And um and I'm inspired by the ones who take that bad hand, who have you know fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in college debt, and are able to flip that script mm -hmm. and get out of the debt, and then also flourish on the other side of it. Like that is hardcore. Yeah. So um, I do my best to to sort of almost be an advocate for them because I've been there, Gen Xers. I mean, we were the lost generation. They used to call us, you know. Yeah. And it's funny and annoying that we're that we're the biggest hypocrites on the face of the planet right now, <laughs> and calling out the millennials. And yeah. I'm like, mm, you mm, mm, don't do that. Um, so you know, with regard to uh, your question, I mean, time is really. I look at it as incredibly short. I mean, those two hospital visits where I literally almost died. Um, I think they finally did teach me a lesson yeah. about how fleeting life is and how fleeting success is and how fleeting money is. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had lots of money um, and I've had zero dollars. Um, I'm going through this sort of test now, like I, I literally stopped applying for, you know, $160,000, $70,000 a year jobs mm -hmm. and I'm making, you know, 60K in, in the US, which is barely <laughs> poverty level, if you will. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and for me, it's 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 accessory. Yeah. Uh, I chose because I, I love the particular work that I'm doing, and they happen to pay me, which is awesome. Yeah. So, but my goal is building my building my brand and building my business, and, yeah. and continuing to, um, and just continuing to get the message out. The money that comes in, yay! You know, I was laughing. I yeah. at my friends asked me, "Well, how many books have you sold?" And the funny thing is, I looked the first day, and it wasn't what I expected. Um, so I left alone. So I have no clue how many books really? I sold. And yeah. Amazon sends you a check 60 days after the first month your book was released. So I'll, I'll find out how it actually did uh, when that wow. check hits the bank. I, yeah. And I, I like that. Yeah, it's a different kind of anticipation. It feels like Christmas Day to me. Yeah. And it also takes me out of that realm of, you know, is it about, is it about the message or is it about the money? Yeah. It's never been about the money. It's always been about the message. So I really don't care. You know, yeah. if it's if it's a windfall, hey, yay! I'm gonna send my mom on a trip. You know, um, if it's not, then that's okay because I know it's resonating, and I know you know people taking photos with the book. They had to buy it in order to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think to me that's that's the win. Yeah, so, You know, so time, don't I like age and time and all that. Don't get caught up. You know, just realize that the time is never on anyone's side. Yeah, that's the thing that I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize and. Don't ever wait to start something. Yeah. That's another thing with you know, entrepreneurs. You can't wait, you know? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be first to market, but if you sit on an idea too long, someone's gonna snatch it right out from under you and go running up the hill with it. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got a good idea and you believe in it and it's something that, that speaks to you, then you wake up thinking about it every single morning, put it out there, yeah, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Just put something out there. Yeah, get started. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as, as we sort of wrap up, I, I kind of would like to go obviously back to the book. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's quite new and you're still waiting for that first paycheck. Bring it on. Um, but, on. And you have found some, some success there and yeah. um, been on top seller lists and things like that already, so, which yeah. is amazing. I know, right? Um, for people uh, who haven't yet read that book, yeah. what's the, I know this is probably going to shortcut your book a lot, but what's the number one thing, reason that they should pick it up? It's real. Yeah. You know, it, it's from the perspective of someone who sat outside the CEO's door for 27 years. So if you think about that, if I'm running the CEO, I could see everything. Yeah. And the CEO, I always laugh at the CEOs are there of major corporations, etc. They have very sort of singular focuses once they get to a certain level. Yeah. And my job has always been to sort of see everything and everybody 
and to sort of craft narratives based on that and, and feed that in nice, neat little bite-sized packages to a CEO that was probably time-challenged and attention deficient and all of that. So that's why I, I like this book because it not only gave me a voice yeah. and, and allowed me to, to really um, tell my truth, but it also gives voice to a lot of executive assistants out there who, who kind of suffer in silence or who, who never get that voice, who never get the opportunity to sort of tell the story. So I'm doing it for them. Yeah. And uh, so I'd say anyone picking up this book, it, you don't have to be an EA in order for it to be relevant. I mean, yeah. I wrote it specifically for the general audience. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a book that's real. It's a book that tells the truth mm -hmm. about business right now and how I've seen it for 27 years. I've seen it evolve, I've seen it devolve. Um, and it's it does it's not preachy or cute or rah rah like a lot of business books are written by CEOs and all that. So so I'd say you know if you want to read a real representation of what business is like and and from the you know the perspective of someone like me, yeah. um, it's it's compelling. Yeah. It really is. And I, I wrote it to be such. And I include okay. you know a myriad of stories at the end yeah. uh, that that really give context around what I'm saying. So it's not a bunch of BS yeah. and it validates everything that I said in the in the first part. Yeah. Business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> that's why that's why I love it. <laughs> and so I guess um, I think the answer is probably yes, but is there another book and do you have any ideas for them? Is it something that you'd like to keep secret? Oh, no, no, not at all. Um, so this is called, uh, As I See It, Business, Volume yeah. 1. Okay. Um, I actually have two more volumes. It's yeah. a three-volume uh, series, and uh, I've already started on both, yeah. oddly enough. So the second one is, uh, uh, Volume 2 is Life, and then Volume 3 is Race. And these are two very, very important um, subjects to me. Um, I think you know. Obviously, life is about kind of like the initiative that I'm that I'm um, aiming toward for 2020. Um, that will seek investment and all that other stuff. But yeah. then race is the one thing, especially living in the United States, is the one thing is such a hot button topic. Um, and I think it's just it's so combative that I want to write a book where it's not about excoriating anyone or, or pointing fingers at or, or making anyone feel bad necessarily but it is about telling the truth about perceptions yeah. and biases and and all of that so that people can just start having conversations around it and, yeah. and not feel like you know oh, I don't want to offend anyone oh it's gonna turn into a you know ACLU issue and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Less time for that. You know, we just need to talk. That's yeah. it. And no one's talking anymore. Yeah. Everyone's making assumptions about one another, and and it's getting worse. And unfortunately, our president isn't helping that situation at all. So um, you know, I think I think that book is really really important and, and really dear to me, um, especially being a triple minority. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, no, that's perfect. So uh, I guess yeah, I sort of wanted to wrap it up there. I guess your book um, and and let the audience know exactly that you've got that book and trying to get some more people out there to read it because I've only had good things. It's on my list of stuff because I, I don't know about you if you knew but I've been reading, my challenge was to read 52 books in 52 right, weeks. I heard that. Yeah, so I am taking a hiatus out of business and self-help books at the moment. Thank I'm rereading the um, Harry Potter series actually. Fantastic. Because, okay. uh, because it's so damn good. <laughs> isn't it? Um, I love yeah, it. And so <laughs> I just needed my brain to just uh, have a break. Good for you. But um, but yeah, but also I wanted to say thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you. Coming onto the show, uh, it's been it's been amazing. Thank you. I think uh, for me, I knew I'd heard a lot about who you were as a person prior to this uh, talk, and I thought, you know, this is somebody who speaks a lot of the same truths that I do, uh, believes in a lot of the same things that I do, and and it's really good for that affirmation, I suppose, as you're especially as a younger person starting my own business and my own company, to know that you are on the right track. I think that for a lot of young people when they get into business, they don't know. They don't, they don't. And there aren't enough mentors, if you will, yeah. at my age, because again, it's it's combative, it's weird. I can't yeah. figure that out, but yeah. uh, you know, it's, you, when you find good apples like me, <laughs> you know, I'll keep an eye on you, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it's 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 heaven just because you know you yeah. have someone that's done it yeah. and done it well, and uh, and hopefully it can help you, you know, stay on on message and, yeah, and not bump your head as many times as I, for instance, I had to um, yeah. in my journey. So that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you I so much for coming on. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's I've, so good to meet you. Your person. first one. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> no, perfect. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs>